Hello everyone, and thank you for joining me for Thurned Ambition. All of you guys that watch and sign on, I appreciate you so much. And we have a very, very special guest tonight. Um, in addition to my pink hair, this is my real hair, y'all. It is pearl. It is not a wig. So if that's going to be a question, it's real hair. But tonight we have Joshua Dixon of Admire Wear. And I have literally been admiring him because of what he does. He gets up every morning just to spread hope and joy and light in the world. I'm wearing one of his t-shirts that I just bought. Um, I, you can get one on admirewear.com. This is his logo. And I'm going to try to do something fancy and turn around. I don't know if you can see it but he will tell you what it says on the back. I don't know how, how well I did that or how much my chair covered up. But every, every piece of clothing from Admire Wear has hope to it. And I bought that, and I bought another shirt that says I will survive. It says I will survive this storm. Darkness will not win over me. And then I bought a pair of sweatpants because, you know, we're coming up on the winter. I feel like I'm just selling, but I really love these things. <laughs> so this is not about selling. This is about how cool is this? It says selfless on the um, jogger pants. And, you know, this is the kind of stuff I live in all winter. So. Joshua did not ask me to do all this, so let me get him on screen so we can tell his story tonight. I would like to introduce you to Mr. Joshua Dixon. How are you, Joshua? I'm doing great. How are you tonight? I'm good. I just fawned over you like you were one of my kids or something. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was just so, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, because I really love what you do so much. Thank you. It's 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 awesome to be here, and, uh, and I'm like sorry for taking so long to get back to you. But you're right. Like I, I wake up every morning, and I'm always forever excited to just to keep, continue doing what I'm doing with not just the mindware, but planning new and and next things of how to use my story to help others and and That's how to use what I've been through, all of the trauma, all of the sticks and stones that have been thrown into my journey and how can I use that to grow to grow a garden of roses exactly how can you use that because there was a lot of darkness and you thought that you had been buried but in fact you had been planted and now you're blooming so that's the thing that we all have to have to do and you are doing it so very well I want to tell everyone before we hear your story that along with the package I got from AdmireWare was this card that says your start your story is far from over. Help is available. And I'm going to keep this. I got two of them. One I'll give away and one I'll keep because on the back is the suicide prevention hotline. 
um, domestic violence hotline, sexual assault hotline, helpingsurvivors.org, and the Trevor Project, just all sorts of things to be involved with and all sorts of things that can help you if you're one of the survivors watching us tonight. I also got some really cool wristbands, take a deep breath, and um, what is this one? Tomorrow is worth fighting for. So <laughs> I usually make it past the intro before I cry. Tell me your story. Tell us your story. How, how did you get here? How did this end up being your purpose that you're walking in? What I know you um, sustained an injury at an early age. Yes, um, when I was eight years old, so I'm, I'm from Chicago and I'm born and raised here. And uh, I mean, before I was born, my, my family would grow and breed pit bulls and they were like loving dogs, never had any issues. They might've done crazy things like hop up, like, I don't know, like knock us into the snow and stuff like that, like really loving dogs. And so I wasn't afraid of pit bulls before what happened, but it was just a normal day. Of, uh, my mom had just had surgery a few weeks prior um, and my, my dad would walk me to school. But this particular day, um, usually I walk home from school by myself. I can get home safely. And uh, I enter in through the back gate where my brother enters in through the front door when he comes home because he was old enough to have house keys. I wasn't old enough to have house keys. So the back gate would always be unlocked. And this day out of out of the out of the blue, um, also I forgot to mention that um uh, my 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 father, but more so my parents thought of um uh, one of they decided to watch one of their friends' dogs. And I didn't know we didn't know the history of this dog, but this dog was with us for about six months before the incident happened. And it seemed like it was being a part of our family, even though me and my brother didn't really like the dog. Oh um, but it just, it made sort of kind of like, it didn't make us feel, it didn't feel like any of our other dogs that we've grown up with. It right. just felt like it was kind of like hostile towards us, but we didn't have any assurance of that. So we never really like fully played with him. We just played with our own pups that we had. Right. And uh, this particular day, um, as I was coming home, I was trying to enter the yard and the boy dog, which was the dog that's foreign to our family, tried to leave the yard. Uh, I convinced him to come back into the yard because it was kind of like on instinct. This all happened in a very short manner, short span of time. And uh, and like in my head, you know, uh, in my head, I had thought about what my dad has always told us that he'd be upset if we ever let a dog leave the yard because now he has to deal with that. And like I'm a little eight year old kid um, getting his dog come back into the yard. And when I did close the gate, seemed like a regular day. It was rarely snowy. And um, I slept on some ice near the front, um, by the back gate. At like, but it was closed though, and I slept on some ice. And that's where the attack started to happen. And um, I was attacked by the boy dog, but the the girl dog, which was my dog, she tried to save my life, and she did the best that she could. And thankfully, that because it was cold that it, uh, it was really cold, it was icy, and I had uh, had a leather jacket on, that all of the damage was sustained to my face. 
and thanks to her, even though that they both shared half of the damage. So there was a tug of war between me and the two dogs. Right. Um, the boy dog trying to pull me into the garage where I knew instinctively that he was trying to kill me. And the girl yeah. dog, which is my dog, trying to pull me to the house, which I knew was safety. And um, even though like she contributed to half of the damage, um, I don't, I don't, I don't blame her for anything because she definitely did help. She helped her best, um, and I mean, helped me stay alive in those that that short time. And so all of that happened in two minutes. I lost eighty percent of my face. I lost most of my muscles and veins in my face, most of my cheeks. I mean, most of my lips. Uh, I lost my entire nose. Lost both ears. I lost my eyelid to my left eye. And I had a puncture to my cornea in my left eye, but it healed up. And so I still have my left eye in there. Oh, good. And uh, in that span of in that span of two minutes, I was just screaming, stop. And I went through all that, the, the things that people go through is like shock, not being able to feel pain after a certain uh -huh. while. And my dad, my dad came outside and he was just coming to see why I was, why was I so late? And he was the one that found me, got me in the house to where my mom could run next door because we didn't have a landline. And my mom ran next door and called 911. And the fire department actually was a few blocks away. So they came really, really fast and got me and took me to the hospital where I was conscious the whole entire time. I was telling them about everything about me, my grades in school. They made like they made sure to keep me talking the whole entire time. And my dad. He was the one that went to the hospital with me while my mom stayed at home, taking care of all of the legal things with the dogs and uh, yeah. trying to find my ears and to see if they can like send them to the hospital so that the hospital can put things back on. But she wasn't able to find anything that was worth sending you know, for, for them putting back on. And um, I underwent a 26 hour surgery uh, where they cauterized everything. And they said, like, if it wasn't for the snow, I wouldn't be here. I have all so much blood and I had like had there was so much exposed too that I could have been prone to any infections that I could have died like instantly. But it was so cold. Yeah. A lot of those things weren't present. That's just that's just, you know, by God. Yes. Dealt with that. You said you still have your left eye. So you yeah. have it's hard to um I didn't do light check with you properly because it's kind of dark so I'm, is yeah, it, I'm sorry so there's um it's it's a it's a film called tegaderm tegaderm is basically yeah. the what they use for ivs to hold your iv in place yeah i use that to keep the moisture and um eye ointment like in there and i i clean it every every eight hours um, it's, it's still tears, just like my right eye tears. Um, both of my tear glands are torn. So when they fill up, they just cry. So it looks like I'm crying, but probably like I might not be cr crying in that moment. And then when I am crying, I'm crying. <laughs> and you can see through that eye or through the left eye also? Or I can see a little bit. It's very, very blurry. Sometimes it's a little clearer than others, but um, I've been told that I have a chance of using that eye again but once technology gets better because there hasn't been a such thing as uh, them reconstructing eyelids with, with with the living eye still being there 
it's successful to do it without the living eye there, but I want to still have my eye. Well, so, well Edward, they can, they can do it. They can help you. And you are young enough. My, yeah. my son had grew up with Crohn's disease and he found out when he was about seven and he ended up having to get some surgeries done that they wanted to make permanent, but he was 16 at the time. And I took a really big risk on it and said, no, I don't want this to be a permanent thing that he has to have the rest of his life. He's 16. There's so many opportunities for things right. to change. And you're what, 20, 20 something now. So I'm 20, I'm 23. And I, I agree. Um, they've told me over and over again that you should just get it removed. You don't use it. It doesn't add value to your life. Uh, you should just remove it. And I was like, no, it's stable. It doesn't cause me any pain. Um, I know how to take care of it. It's been in this condition for probably, I mean, pretty much since the accident. And yeah. um, the weird thing about it is that they've been trying to develop research on it is that every few months that it, it, it hurts itself for some reason, and it uh -huh. creates like this plastic shield over over the hole in front of the front of the eye and it stays there until it heals itself all over again and they said that's been what's helping it live this long as well with that's everything that is that is endured with it so i'm like that means it needs to stay <laughs> it's doing something and you know my eyelids were completely reconstructed from my lower body the only thing natural to my face is my bottom lip. Everything else is a skin graft from my lower. Still, I still and, have my bottom lip, and I and this is the this is really this area here is really the only main part that exists from my original face. See, and I've got just this and everything else. So it seems like they could fix your eyelid, and I think that you are young enough that it will come along and they'll they'll fix it right up because now my son has some opportunities that I finally just recently learned after 10 years, like, yes, I made the right decision to say, no, you can't permanently do that to a 16 year old, you know? So my Wanda Johnson says, hi, I'm going to stop and say hello to a few people because I want to ask, um, oh, they're talking about, I don't know, either my shirt or my hair. I think my shirt, because my shirt's pretty lovely. <laughs> Joel, let's see. Here's a good friend of mine named Jeanette coming up, Joshua. She tuned in just to watch you. Good evening, Jeanette. She's a burn survivor. Mm -hmm. And she, um, thank you, the shirts and the sayings. They love your sayings. So are they all original on your shirts? Yes. Hello, Tanya. Um, you wrote for, them? Yeah, so I, I write them down. It, it, it's kind of it's funny because I used to work this job as a bike mechanic, and I used to be a supervisor of 17, of 17 other employees, 21-year-old being a, being a supervisor of, these, of, of this crew. They're an awesome crew. And during some moments, um, during like lunch, I was thinking a lot about affirmations. Affirmations helped me through my second suicide attempt. And affirmations right. were kind of there for me during my first suicide attempt. And I kept trying to like thinking about this idea. It was like, how can I, 
how can I do something that I wish I had when I was struggling? And I love hoodies. I love, like, I love hoodies. I love jogging wear. And I was like, I can do something with adding affirmations to hoodies that I haven't seen in a way before. That and everybody Say that again. Every, that everybody wears a hoodie or, you yeah. know, I'm going to wear t-shirts and my joggers. I'm going to live in this stuff all winter. It's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. I do want and, you said your, your second suicide attempt. So you so you've had suicide attempts, and I understand because I've been there, and this is before um, I was ever burned. I've always struggled with depression and anxiety, especially. So I've I've felt depression and and been in situations where am I going to be safe or am I not? How did you how do you get through it for? someone who's watching you know we have a lot of people watching how did you get through to the other side how did you get through the suicide attempts and to the point where you now want to live and help others live does that make sense like yeah how did yeah you no no it, it makes sense what yeah. what helped for me was always having like my mom was always there for me when I through everything through all the surgeries through just just every experience and so when I had my when I wrote my first suicide letter and I had like posted it on Facebook um and I yeah so my first suicide letter I I posted on Facebook and I didn't really know what to get from it but that was really just I guess before the last straw you know before I like pulled from my last straw and my mom, she like forced me to go to counseling like the very next week. And so I was like, go say it again. You posted it on Facebook in consideration of committing suicide yeah. before it yeah. happened, but your mom saw it. She saw it and she she stepped in and she went all out. I mean, all out. And really what the letter was about was just this feeling of hopelessness. I was 16 years old. Um, I was 16 years old, and I was in this situation where I was getting bullied in public for the way that I looked. I was getting bullied in school for the way that I looked. I was being treated differently because of the way that I looked. No matter how hard I was trying to prove myself, even working three times is harder than I needed to, to try to be as equal to the next person. I was always seen as less than, and that hurt me so much. And then also for the fact that, like, I dealt with an abusive father after after the accident and him moving on and like kind of starting a new family. And that really hurt because it felt like it was my fault. So there was all of this adversity that was going on, that was going on where I felt like, and I was actually in this room when I made it, I felt like the only safe bubble that I had was either when I had my headphones and listening to music like Shawn Mendes, Justin Bieber, Chris Brown at the time and making artwork. And I was making artwork at the same time that I made the letter. And the artwork was me trying to create something that can start a conversation that can be this bridge point where two different people, me and someone else, can meet in the middle and have a conversation about about adversity, about differences, about putting all of our biases aside and being able to create a space where we both can talk and maybe learn something from each other. Right. Instead and, of, yeah. Instead and, of so 
divided as we yeah. are at times. Sorry, right. Doug, you can hear my dog. I'm sorry. Is it's okay. <laughs> It'll be it, done. It, it gave me hope. Um, making that making that artwork, and and when my mom interjected and kind of like when she came in my room that night and she kind of like confronted me about my note, and she's very like not upset but just barely crying because she didn't understand, and she's also like a suicide survivor herself. I remember a few years prior to my attempt, she had she was changing my wounds, my my dressings from one of my surgeries, and she was like. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. And we talked about that moment that night where she found out about my letter. And she was like, you know, if you, if you want to talk about anything, like I'm here for you. And she, and she had found out at the same, like that same night I was making artwork. And she was like, I don't want you to be like the next Van Gogh, which is crazy because I never knew known about Van Gogh before that right. moment. But she, she was like, I don't want you to be the next Van Gogh. I don't want you to have all of this artwork of, of you using your story to help others, to be sitting here on your laptop collecting dust and you're not showing people. And then you just gone and then now here with these memories of you. I'd rather keep making memories with you rather than be what's left with, with what you leave behind. And the next week she to put me into counseling and I learned all these different things about myself. And learning that taking it one day at a time, like it, so many people say that, like take it one day at a time, but like as a person with depression and PTSD and anxiety and who has dealt with with hate from so many different places, places of like where your heart is and places where you feel like you should be safe, you're not safe. Um, taking it one day at a time has really have helped me in understanding that I can't, I can't change how people act. I can't change how people treat me but i can do what i can what what i can to if someone is curious or someone wants to know about me i am open to always telling them about what happened to me it doesn't when people ask like oh what happened to your face that's not an offensive question to me at all i rather educate them about what happened to me because maybe it'll help them treat people who look like me differently and that's or, what i like right like yeah. You, you know, there is a certain level of face discrimination that um, I'm sure you've run into it by now because I've run into it on TikTok and on on, on, on social media yeah. <laughs> and things like that where your video gets taken down. Um, if I use like a picture of my one year healed face, then my picture gets taken down. I've had that happen. <laughs> I showed, um, I have prosthetic ears that um, they clip on and off. Um, the, the the mounts that they clip onto is like permanently screwed into my head. Uh -huh. And I made a video and it was, it's, it's crazy because the video only like showed me just like slightly lifting up one of the ears just to show that they were like, kind of like yeah. how they work. That video got removed and then like it put a strike on my account. And I was like so sad because I was like, maybe someone's out there that doesn't have ears. They don't know about these ears yet. And I was like, that's that could have gave them hope. That's what I thought is like, I exactly the same thought. And, you know, I was trying to show that you could get from like where I was before the burns to one year healed where things looked pretty bleak to now, and the only difference now is that I've learned to use 
I make up in a different way. But, you know, the main thing I learned is that the beauty is in here. You know, I don't, you don't always see me in my makeup anymore. I love makeup. Don't get me wrong. I love makeup. It's in, it's my art. You know, it's like what I use as art. But your beauty is, is inside. And I don't understand. You know, I have five stripes on mine for making videos. And, and I haven't done anything except show my, my one year healed face. No blood, no gore, no. Everybody's seen it, and, and it's face discrimination in that, <clears throat> you know, I read the community guidelines, and actual death is allowed to be shown on this platform. Actual death, as long as it's in the community's best interest. But why is it not in the community's best interest to learn about these ears? Because that's awesome. I know a lady that doesn't have ears from being burned. Right? So that's awesome. I just did a video the other day about the um, adhesive eyebrows and people are like, what? Wow, that's amazing. Because that's what we're trying to do is show people things. But the face discrimination is just far too much right now. And it's basically that they, you know the things that you can find on social media that are offensive and and just shocking, my face isn't one of those things and neither is your ears. Mm -hmm. you know? So uh, that's something that I am working on or trying to work on. I, I, I won't. Me too. Give, you do? I, I won't give up until everything's okay. We'll work together. I, I don't blame you. Um, I've, I've, like I went to I went to art school for four years. I went to two different universities where a lot of people didn't like me taking photos of myself. Where I've been, I like <laughs> I've seen so much backlash on social media about my photography, but also just in so many different spaces. And it and it won't stop me because having being that kid that that 16 year old that felt like his his life was like over and helpless because of all these people told him to kill himself sometimes like i sit back as a 23 year old and i look i look back at that and i was like i don't sometimes i don't know how i made it through that but i was like i know that there's kids that don't make it through that and i was like i i want to be someone for people for for that younger me like I want to be that. I want to be what younger me needed, when younger me needed that most, and older me too. Not people, just younger kids, but older, but older people as well, and current me. People told you to kill yourself. Yeah, I I used to get notes in my locker. I've gotten many messages on Facebook, Instagram. I got, I got hacked and got bullied off of Twitter. I've never used Twitter since. And I've seen comments on even my my current TikTok on Amira's um, comment section where I've seen people say like, "Oh, the world would be a better place without you." And like it hurts, it, it hurts sometimes. And I've been through stuff in public where I've got spit on by an old white person. And uh, spit on? I, yeah, I've, I've gotten spit on before, and it's, what? it's just I don't know, you know, like people people reaction to people who look different and that well, motivates me it makes me cry but it also motivates me to just keep trying 
and to just keep trying and don't give up. Like if every if every day God get, bless me with the strength to live another day, then I need to use that pain to grow roses with it. And that's one of the huge things about Amira. I don't know if you've noticed, but Amira is full of roses, rose designs. And roses was there for me when I couldn't have friends. When I had the accident, I was having all of my skin grafts. Um, when you're having skin grafts, you're prone to infections. You're heavily and prone to infections from from people who may not be used. Your your body isn't used to their their germs, I guess. Right. And so when I was having my skin my my skin grafts, which were every few weeks or every every few months, um, I wasn't allowed to hang out with the kids in the neighborhood. My mom bought me roses, um, <laughs> rose plants, and I planted those roses. The first year they didn't they didn't live, they died, and I was really sad about it. But she was like, "These roses are gonna be your friends when you can't have friends." Oh, and those, they were there for me for five years. They were they were there, and they I watched them grow and blossom. And I would sit out there with my with my zero form and like my little back to van and malfiltration ointment, a stitch cream, and all of that. I'll sit out there and just like snip, snip them and like help them live longer. But I learned so much about life by watching roses grow and understanding that they're a diverse, resilient plant. They go through, they're like humans in a way. They go through their 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 tough seasons where they wilt, where they where they kind of lose their petals, but the life is still there, just a little bit, it's still there. And then they have their season where they blossom, where they grow, where they have their beauty, where they're even more beautiful than they were last year, last bloom. And that's what I put into Amaya, is that same philosophy that not every day is going to be a great day. Not every season is going to be a great season, but that storm will pass and that, that season for you to blossom and to be the beautiful flower that you're meant to be in the garden above is is, is coming. And it, it may be here now and you may wilt soon, but it will always have that life. Yeah, and you never, yeah, you always have that life you lived right there. How, how many surgeries have you had, Joshua? Six you said, I, and are they still on, ongoing or are they just, you said they're leaving that eye and they, so have they done any recent surgeries or were they all when you were eight or um, like? I've had 61 in the past almost 15 years. The last the 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 um the last one was getting 61 was just getting my wisdom teeth removed, but the the one before that was nasal construction. And so because my my nose is man-made and not made by God, uh, it right. it tends to falls in and it tends to cause me difficulties breathing. And um I continue to fight uh, for having having my nose. I'm like, hey, if I got the body parts to use to make it, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it because um, I have I have hope. I don't. I, I didn't want a prosthetic nose. Um, I had I had I, I didn't want to have prosthetic ears. I was like, hey, if you can make it from me, let's do it. But that time, you're not able to do that. I almost lost my ears, but I didn't. I, obviously, I can wear earrings now. I never thought that would be like, but I fa they found just enough, like, little bit of skin that my mm -hmm. ears are pierced. I don't have a lot of ear, but it works. I don't, I, I figured out how to make what we have work for us, but I was in that same thing. Like, I didn't want a prosthetic nose. 
So I just don't have nostrils. And now I decided that maybe a prosthetic nose wouldn't be so bad. And I didn't get to, I was, there was um, an opportunity that I didn't get to take to have a prosthetic nose taken or made just like the tip of my nose because you know people are listen i i'm i've been an influencer for not a long time but four years so i've seen a lot a lot of comments i know about the trolls i know not to read it and people are always like oh ignore it ignore it ignore it but you know what we are human so every time i just happen to catch a pig emoji in my comments, it bothers me so much because people send me that like I look like a a pig, and I just want to just like, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel you. I'm sorry you have to go through that. Though. I'm sorry that people that look like me and you have to go through that. And I, I think people like me and you who are trying to make our faces known on social media and trying to get viral with just honest content, not content of us being entertainment, but honest con content to help us go viral so more people could see us and kind of be more accepting of people who look like us so we don't get those kind of emojis or all of these different right. kind of messages because it hurts me too. I'm human. I feel well, it. Yeah, I mean, we try not to read the troll comments because we are influencers, but you, I mean, you saw it happen to Chris Rock. <laughs> we're human and it just like you doubt yourself sometimes and I don't want to go too much into that because it doesn't deserve it but I do want to go back to this comment by Jeanette where um, she says a few minutes ago that that conversation with your mom is so powerful and I really think that it is that your mom is like a champ. It's not easy being mom ever, but in this situation, she really, really nailed it. And then right down to the, we'll grow these roses. That's so beautiful. You know, that's she, so beautiful. She's awesome. And um, I always like give her praise. And we've always been that through the most roughest and like the thickest things right now. Um, just in both of our journeys. And when I had my, my second attempt, um, I was I was speeding in my car, uh, following a, a, like a physical fight that I had with my, with my ex-partner at the time. I was in an abusive relationship. And uh, it was right after Christmas, 2020. And I was just like over it. I was like, I'm 20, what is that, 21. So I was like, I'm 21 years old. I can't find real love. I'm going through all of this hardship. I was like, I'm the only one growing these, like, like trying to turn these moments into something positive. And I was like, it's hard. It's like, it is so hard. I was like, it's just like, it, it just like accumulated. And it was like, it is so hard. And it was just like that moment because a lot of times I think that people don't realize maybe with suicide, attempts that it can be very, um, I forget words, Joshua, after my, I was in a coma and I, my short-term memory is bad, impulsive. There can be some impulsivity to the actual action, even though it's not an impulsive thing because you've been suffering the depression and anxiety or whatever is building and building leading up to 
but the actual act can be just impulsive like that is it the straw that broke the camel's back yeah so you were speeding in your car and you were just gonna just drive into something i was i was really conscious about like i i it's i was really conscious about not hurting other people good see that's what you (laughs) i'll go for it no i said that's that's who you are that's what what saved you because you were worried about others yeah i didn't want to hurt other people and so while i was speeding i just kept looking at light poles and looking at different light poles and i was like i could do something there something here and really visualizing it but after a while like i was just sitting like driving crying and crying and crying and something told me to go visit my dad Really? Because you didn't have much of a relationship with him, did you? Or you, well, you we, did. We, we don't have much relation, but we look very similar. Like I'm built exactly similar to him. Like we have the same head structure. We have the same height, the same body type. Gotcha. Uh, well, actually, I'm taller, but we, we look really similar. And something told me to go see him. And next thing you know, my, cellar, like, my speed started to go down. And it, I can feel God like holding the wheel from me. And my mom's spirit is just being there as well. And uh, I went to go see my dad. And it, it was interesting because he was drunk. My dad is an alcoholic, full-time alcoholic. And I wanted to drink myself. I wanted to go to the liquor store and get a drink myself. And I knew exactly if I would have got a drink in that moment, I would have became just like him. So I wanted to go see future me in the flesh if I would have made that choice. And I wow. saw him and he was drunk, but he spent some time with me. He talked about um, what was it like for him and my mom? Him and my mom had a domestic violence relationship. Uh-huh. And he kind of talked about a lot of his faults, about his anger. And I got to be honest and talk, talk to him about my partner's anger at the time and what, what we were going through. And then... The weirdest thing is that, like, even though I went there and I told him that I wanted a drink, but I'd rather see him and not have a drink, he actually put a drink in front of me and, and tested me and see if I wanted to get it. And he offered it the whole entire time while I was there. It was a it was a, um, a bottle of uh, of Jack Daniels, and instead of that, I just drank Gatorade the whole entire time. But I went to go see my mom a few hours later, and I told her everything that I that I went through, and that almost happened. And she was like the very first time, like just very there for me. And instead of her forcing me to go to counseling, I checked myself into counseling two days later. That's amazing. I I knew how important it was. That is, um, that's, that's amazing. I wanted to read something because when you sent me your biography, one of the things right in the first paragraph, it was very powerful to me. It um, says that I battled things I wasn't honest about. And that is, that is so, oh, I can feel that. You know, that, that, that I can, I, I can't remember my words, but you know what I mean. I battled things I wasn't honest about. I struggled with PTSD, depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. So that's before the suicide attempt started happening. But after you had been attacked by the pit bull, 
And so now are you working as a photographer at that point? You went to school and I guess as a photography, were you a photography major or something different? Because it says you're a photographer that uses self-portraiture yeah. to describe these experiences. And I think that is what is so important. That line I had to highlight, I battled things I wasn't honest about because I believe sitting here right now as Burn Beauty, that I sometimes battle things that I am not honest about. Not that I'm lying to you, or to, but I'm not honest with myself about them right. sometimes. And I'm therefore not honest with my followers and I have to work through that. And so that's just such a powerful statement. And so is that what you meant by it? Like yeah. that? Yeah, because and my honesty came through my art. Um, a lot of the art that I that I that I made while I was in college and after college, um, and before I even went to school, talking about my my experience, talking about all of these surgeries, were the honesty. It was the conversations that I felt like I could have without words. Like going through the surgeries that me and you have been through, our surgeries right. I would never wish on my on, on my enemies. Skin grabs hurt. <laughs> skin grabs hurt like crazy they yeah. look great but yeah. there's a lot that goes into them mentally and physically and donor sites are even worse i really don't like them yeah so they they hurt and i tell people you know it, that that is another thing whenever i do engage a troll on youtube or whatever and uh and they're making fun of me having been burned i'll just say, you know, may this never happen to you. And I had one guy say, well, there you go. You're a nice lady wishing upon me being burned. And I said, no, did you not hear me? I said, may this never happen to you. And I meant that because you're not strong enough to handle it. So, I mean, there was a little bit of ugliness in it, but I meant that. May it not, because you have to have a whole different level of fortitude and for you i think that your mother is key in this mm -hmm. you know it is key and she in helping you with your strength don't you think and i mean because you've been through that child abuse through your father right and yeah. and just just all these things that you could really speak to other people about and it looks like with admireware you tried to pitch the brand to adobe creative yeah. but there's probably a lot of people pitching a lot of things post-pandemic was it about that time it was it was it was it was that time uh i love i love kind of talking about this story because now admireware is a year old and uh, i was i was trying to uh, they so they have they have a creative residency program where you can kind of pitch an ideal to them and they will help you grow that ideal to be a career for you. Right. And so originally Admirer was similar to where it is now, but I, I had thought about it in a really really smaller form than how big I made it now. I was thinking about teaching kids about photography and how to use their art to talk about their feelings without actually using words to describe it. Right. Um, because when, 
master like using the camera you can kind of use use your eye to capture and document what you're going through and that speaks a thousand words i was going to use that to help kids process their trauma and then outside of um outside of that of them using affirmations to help comfort them when they were going through hard times um adobe said admire where it wasn't a strong enough ideal and i was like okay that's fine i take that but I felt so passionate and strong about it. And this was also, I applied a few months after my second suicide attempt. And so I'm still into suicide recovery. Right. And three, so my suicide attempt was in December. In March, I had I had came home from work and I, and I was at my brink, but not on a suicidal brink, but just giving up and like giving into depression. I was mm-hmm. standing in front of the mirror um, in my mom's my mom's basement bathroom that we built together, and I was standing there. I had a I had a work related injury. I had injured my foot. My foot still hasn't been the same ever since then. But that's another conversation. But I was standing there in the mirror, and instead of being there, what I've done for so many years, I've looked myself in the eyes and I've told myself negative things. Right. And this particular time, I was like, I admire you for everything that like you've been through. It's very important. And and that was, I felt like was the first time that after all of these years, after the accident, after all of the trauma that I've been through, that I actually gave myself love and compassion. I gave myself permission, gave myself love and compassion. And the next day, like I had the ideal to pitch to Adobe for that, for that, that, um, that residency about helping people admire themselves and in that admiration admire others too and that bringing bringing these whole ideals about affirmations and realizing i was like i'm a suicide survivor i'm a sexual assault survivor i'm a child abuse survivor i'm a cyberbullying survivor i'm a survivor of bullying survivor depression ptsd anxiety i'm a survivor of myself and a survivor of many other different things, I was like, I can potentially use this, even though this hurts. It hurts so much to have it all in my head and to know that I've been through all of this and racism and discrimination. I, was like, uh-huh. I could potentially use this, to use this gift that God gave me and to try to turn it into something that can help others. Something that I was doing all of the, all of the years after the accident, but not really realizing that my story was inspiring people and that i was actually helping people make it another day right and then right right, it goes boom all of a sudden you know and jeanette says you know it's holding her back from starting your book you have to be ready to be completely honest it's the biggest thing and i think if we can get honest you know we're not therapist or anything, but I know that for me, when I get honest, when I realize I'm not being honest about something, and I was just dealing with something today where it's like, okay, I've got to, this has to be dealt with because it will hold you back. And once you realize it, you can then move on and give yourself those affirmations you're talking about, like, okay, so so it is that way. But I'm a good person. I've done this. I've, I do it. I do it every day. You know, I tell myself I'm beautiful because beauty is in your heart, 
Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that can ever take that away from me and or you. And I um, tell myself a lot of other things that are just kind of kind of personal as I'm getting ready for the day. Give yourself a pep talk because mm-hmm. what you see here, like with Joshua, I've said so many times that um, as far as dealing with um, tragedies or overcoming adversity, uh, you need to give yourself a pat on the back every time you overcome something. So when you over, when you work, do the work and get through your depression or you do the work and get through what someone has done to you, the, the anger, the rage, the sometimes guilt, when, when you, or even when you just heal physically from something that happened to you, it's all part of the layer cake. Every time you heal from something, you get stronger. And when you get stronger, you're able to deal with more adversities because things are still, things are going to keep coming your way. Yeah. Or they may not be as big as the things that have come to us. May they not be if possible, you know, as far as the physical things, but they're going to be as big emotionally because that's life. Right. That's life. They're going to be as big emotionally, but every time, Every time you get through something, it helps you. And um, Jeanette, I'll be ready for your book. I need to write one to you. We all want to write books. <laughs> yes, and, I do have one tip, though. Yeah. Um, after my second attempt, when the con- the concept of a Meyerwerb was building, there was one thing that I started to do, because I, I, I am a huge critic of myself. And that's just because so many people have been a huge critic to me. And so I built their critic inside of me. And so I I, I critic myself heavy, but I started to, uh, instead of just having big goals, like, oh, I wanna, I guess the only big goal I think of right now is something that I'm dealing with is like, oh, I wanna pay off my student loan debt. That's gonna take me years to do that. Right. But, and and that is a big goal to look forward to. But that's not a goal that's going to make me happy right now. And every day I wake up and I give myself a small goal, a challenge that I can achieve in that 24-hour span. I like that. And be and celebrate that moment. And so today for me, I made garments. I made some orders today. And today I want to break a record because I want to get a little faster at making orders but still having great quality at the same time. And so today I did a... I did 13 garments in the span of an hour and five minutes, which was which was a new record for me. And I felt really proud about that. And yeah. every day I make small little challenges that may be a little hard to reach, but I make them within that 24 hour range. And that keeps me motivated to like, oh, tomorrow. And if I don't make it, it's OK. I'll have another challenge tomorrow that I can do. That's that called me. That's called failing forward. So. You set your goal, I'm going to make 100 pairs of pants today, but you only make it to 95. Well, you just failed forward because without that goal, you normally only make 70. So you failed forward by making 25 more. You've got to see 
in everything, you've got to see the advancement in it, what you did that was better. It's a principle that I used to use in, in uh, real estate. Uh, sales, you, you, you just, it's not a sale, you're, you're, you're moving yeah. forward, sale forward. You're learning, and you're learning every step of the way. And what do you do with your, you, you make the garments by hand yourself. Eventually, like after tonight, after all my friends buy some, <laughs> you're going to have too many orders. And, uh, <laughs> nah, it's, it's never it's never enough because I'm excited that people get to add a Mario to their journey. They get to add something that, they, that, that will like help spark hope on their darkest days, on their rainy days, they'll be wearing something or having it and being like well today i need this like i, I need this i need this saying today i needed this on my back today what does it say let me turn around can you see it or do i need to move my chair no uh we can see it i just want to tell you that you are loved and forever loved that that's what it says on the back that you are loved sorry guys about the no, sorry <laughs> I want everyone to see it because when I saw the back, I knew it was there because I looked at it, but I forgot. And when I saw it, I was so delighted because I needed that today. Even me, Burn Beauty needs help too. So what do you do with the proceeds from the um, admire Word? Do you have a nonprofit set up yet or do you uh -huh. Or 15% of all of, of all of my proceeds goes to um, nonprofit mental health organizations. One of the big ones that I that I've donated to, I've donated like almost a little bit over six thousand dollars to is um to write love on her arms. I don't know if oh, you've ever heard of that. My daughter, uh, I just say, but yes, <laughs> yes, yes, to write love in her arms. I love that. I really so, love what they're doing and they use the money to not only spark hope and like help people, but uh, a lot of their money is used to create scholarships to help people have who cannot afford mental health counseling, have a scholarship so where they can, uh, to where they can have us, like, I think it's six months or a year worth of free mental health counseling. That's the other thing that you and I spoke about where you said you tried to get some counseling and the price is so um, terrible. It's, it's just really high for a lot of people. And, um, you know, we, I want to be able to, after thinking about it with you, as I'm building my nonprofit, Burn Beauty Inc., you know, Burns are where I started as my home. That's what I'm, you know, that's that's what Burn Beauty Inc. is about. Burn Ambition is not, it's about all survivors. But my nonprofit right now is about helping burn survivors and they do need mental health care. And I'm hoping to get grants and things so that I can help them get that care that they need because without it, things are really, really bleak. They're really bleak, and and we should all be able to get that mental health care. And unfortunately, it's just not the way things are um, right now. But do you know? Are there any other scholarships? Or I would love to be able to do something like that, like create a scholarship 
for for people who you, you want people to demonstrate the need financially and then be able to say yes this will go you can use this to go through your your mental health journey but then you know five hundred dollars an hour yeah yeah that that was that hit that hit, that hit me heavy when 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 they said that to me um because it was because i need a counselor that specializes in trauma trauma therapy and ptsd and it's like you guys are kind of putting a price on my trauma that 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 made it that made it hard for me. And one thing I appreciate is um, when I had my second attempt, I had took money out my savings to pay for me to go to counseling for six months. And then after six months, that that savings account went to zero, and I wasn't able to afford counseling. But we had set up this plan to where I would I would have all of these like PDFs and resources that I can follow throughout time that would I can kind of be a counselor to myself. And there was one book. There's one book that has really helped me post like not having counseling is this book. This book is a very heavy hitter, it's very emotional. Each chapter, I would definitely say, like, don't try to read the whole book in one day. But the adverse childhood experiences recovery workbook has been a counselor for me post having counseling. And it's taught me so much about myself, about what I've been through, and kind of giving myself a hug and um, teaching me breathing techniques to help me through anxiety. Right. And I found that to be affordable and helpful. And so when I talk to people that who are going through a hard time and may need something but don't have access to counseling, I recommend the book. I always recommend that book. And a lot of people have told me that they bought it. They were skeptical of it, but they bought it. And if they've been into it and they do what I do, they, they don't do the whole book in one sitting because it is really emotional. It does ask you to ask, answer a lot of questions. They do it at their at their leisure and it has been helping people. Is it for everyone really? Because we've all had childhood trauma. It is, it is for everyone. It isn't just for um, like, like, I guess me me being like me having trauma related experiences. It's, it's open-ended. And you can navigate that book in different chapters. You don't have to just start from chapter one. Um, you can go through a chapter that you feel like will be best helpful in that moment. And I found that to be affordable for me to um, kind of work work on my mental health during during times like this. And I have a system, too. I think it's important for everyone to kind of develop a certain system where they know that they're – and I write it down. There's a list of things that will forever make me happy. And the hardest things, pizza, honey buns, video <laughs> games, and nature walks, and nature, and roses. So if, if if I'm having a good day where I actually might think a suicidal thought, I'll try to go do one of those things. Eat a honey bun, which is a dollar. It's just 99 cents in some places. Go on a nature walk if I have the gas money. Buy roses or have roses shipped to me if I have the money for that. And if I don't, I'm going to use a, a credit card and I might regret it. But I'm going to have these roses to help me during this really hard time. I'm going to play video games. If 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 we have Wi-Fi, I'm going to play video games with my friends. And knowing that, that those core things that regardless of what day I'm in, those things will forever be a happy spot for me. Helps me balance and kind of get out of a suicidal a suicidal thought and a, and a low point. I didn't have that checklist beforehand. 
But now I kind of have this system in place where if I ever relapse, and it's okay to relapse. Uh, relapse isn't a isn't something that someone should be bullied for for relapsing with drug abuse or a mental health or relapsing from even seeing a person that they shouldn't be seeing. Um, it's all about trial and error and learning. And relapse will will happen with anyone trying to overcome some sort of adversity. Things will happen, emotions will happen, things may come back, but it's, it's often great to support and to celebrate the moments of that growth and to know like, okay, you had this, you had this low point. All right. Well, next time we're gonna we this this time going forward, we're gonna work really hard and we're gonna hope for six months, six months without a thought or without an attempt or without drinking or without using drugs. And we're gonna celebrate that six months. So with me, I celebrate every anniversary since my last suicide attempt. So I was doing every month, I was doing every week, every month, every six months. And now I do every year. I celebrate that day. I go get me some takeout food. I go and buy myself some roses and just have a day and just have a day to celebrate the moment that I could have not been here, but I'm thankful to be here. And it's important to celebrate those journeys because yes, it means a lot to it means a lot to you as a person, but it means a lot to everyone around you that your presence is valuable and that your life is meaningful and that the world yeah. isn't the same without you. The world would not be the same without you, my friend. And um, if you would message me that book when you get a chance, because I, I already don't remember, but that I would like to refer that. But we're out of time, and I dread that. But the one question I do have time for is, what's next for you, Dasha? What, what what's the plan? What's, what's next for me, I'm, I'm really excited, is that um, with AdmireWare expanding, I do want to hopefully have a team of people who support AdmireWare beliefs and wants to help others. I eventually wants to, want to hope, uh, host in-person events around the country, do a little like road trip, and to not only like sell t-shirts and sell garments on the, on, the, on the road, but also host the event where people can share their story where they can find someone in in like in their town in their community that have went through something maybe similar to them and where they can build a relationship, build a friend, have a friend to know that they're not alone in their experiences and their journeys, to know that it doesn't just have to be me who is in this virtual screen, but to know that there are people who are surrounded by them, who feel that pain, who have been through something similar to that, who can give you a hug and yeah. Um, just let you know that you're not alone in that. So I'm I'm excited to I, I'm working towards it. I'm really working really really hard towards having that dream achieved. You're doing great. I have sort of the same dream. That's why I do the podcast. It's not for entertainment. It's it's for it's great to tell your story. It's very healing in and of itself, but it's also healing for other people to hear it and understand that they are not alone. Like oh, well, there's you can always take away something from every one of these survivor stories, no matter what kind of type of survivor you are. But I want to create like you, like a, just all these recordings that people can go to and, oh, Pitbull Attack or, oh, the Burns are Lied or, oh, and actually hear what they're struggling with and how did that person overcome that? Because... 
you know, you'll, it's not just, oh, you know, I prayed, I did that. There's very specific actions. You have to show up for it every day. You're giving yourself positive affirmations. You're saying, I love honey buns. I love, my first pet was named Honey Bun, by the way, is a great cat. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you've got a plan. It's very particular. So just remember that if you're out there and you're going through it, especially if you're having suicidal thoughts, especially if you're having suicidal thoughts, suicide prevention hotline is 1-800-273-8255, or you can text 741-741. Oh, and now you can call 988. Just dial 988 if you're in emergency. Domestic abuse, you know, you can find all these on there and I've listed them on my other podcast. But please know that these situations require your attention in order for them to get better. They don't get better on their own. And that if you're recovering like from burns, it doesn't just go away. You show up for it every day. You figure out who you are. You work through your therapy. You work through any support groups. You meet as many people as you can that are like you. And you realize that the beauty's in here and and you try to live without the fear of what other people think because it doesn't. You can't make everybody happy. So I love amen. your voices. Go ahead. No, I, I was just saying amen to that. And to also to add to that note is that I don't believe in the term perfect or imperfect. Right. Um, for years after that, I would say like a nice amount of years after the accident, I wanted to be perfect again. I wanted to be yeah. back to 100%. And then there was a realization that hit right before, right before I was like 16, I was like, this is, this is me. <laughs> this is me. And this is how as normal as I'm going to get. And this is normalcy for me. Right. And this, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. Only one's perfect is God and his son. Yeah. And I'm perfect in his image. And if this is what the image that he wanted me to be, then I'm going to do the best that I can to honor that, to honor yes. that image. And, and if this is the image I was to be in, then I shall honor it. So thank you all for joining us. I want you to remember to follow Joshua on um, Instagram at admirewear underscore? Or is yep. it at, at, at admirewear underscore? At, okay, at admirewear underscore. Follow him because he makes such beautiful posts. And um, whether you you know are looking in the business for t-shirts and joggers, yeah, you will be. <laughs> but uh, following him because his posts are real, and they reminded me just to be real again. You know, things start to get confused. So follow him. And if you've watched this episode live, we thank you so much. Um, I know lots of people watch it as a recording. So we thank you for tuning in. Would you please subscribe, like, share, comment? Because that is how Joshua and I 
reach other survivors. That is how we get to be better known. And that is all we ask. So thank you so much for joining us tonight and whatever you're going through, remember that this too shall pass. Bye. Bye. See y'all next week. And remember at admirewear underscore, and we love you. Love you guys.